Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Another great show this week. And wanted to let you know that the Forbes 2021 list of the richest people in America has just come out. Here are the top five for you. Number five is Larry Page of Google. Number four is Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft and chairman of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Number three, the guy everybody loves to hate and still use his product, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. Number two is Elon Musk, founder of PayPal, and now, of course, Tesla. And the number one richest person in America is Jeffrey Bezos, founder and chairman of Amazon. One of my personal heroes and mentors and famously associated with any list of this kind is Warren Buffett, and he comes in at number eight this year. Today on the program, I'm going to focus on a best practice for your leadership development and also a business challenge. On the development side, we're going to talk about developing your interpersonal skills. And for the business challenge later on the show today, I will talk about customer migration. Famously said by a business philosopher, the purpose and only purpose of a business is to create and keep a customer. And we're going to talk about how customers come and go in your business today on Better Than Before. Sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. 
back to better than before. This is Master Coach Tony Richards. And our best practice we're going to focus on this week for your leadership development is developing interpersonal skills. One of the pillars of effective leadership is developing relationships. And you might remember in my model, the galaxy of you, you will get better and you will improve your life. You are the number one concern. Number two are the relationships in your life. Developing true, real relationships requires higher levels of emotional intelligence, otherwise known as EQ. And there are two overall components of EQ, intrapersonal and interpersonal skills. Today, we're going to focus on the interpersonal aspect. Interpersonal skills primarily involves social skills and empathy. Let's just fully define what I would define as an interpersonal skill. That is effectively communicating, building rapport, and relating well to all kinds of people. And so these skills are practiced in social situations and conversations with other folks. And a leader who is talented in these areas can both listen and speak effectively. This requires a sensitivity to others, which involves seeing people as very interesting and unique in their own way. When interpersonal skills are lacking, leaders have a harder time developing true, real relationships because they tend to misunderstand others and misjudge their own capabilities. Outgoing people may have a little easier time expressing themselves than an introverted person, but make no mistake about it. We can all adapt behaviors necessary to grow this important leadership skill set. In order to successfully work with a broad range of people inside our organizations, we need to develop interpersonal skills. We need to create rapport with consistent and clear multi-level communications. Interpersonal skills will increase the level of cooperation among teams and also productivity. It would amaze you if you knew how many people get to the C-suite but still need a lot of development in their interpersonal skills. With all the talk in the last several years of generational differences in the workforce, interpersonal skills could not be emphasized as being more important. I mean, we could not make that more important than it should be. All our results, good or bad, are typically derived from our range of ability to get things done through other people. Even though many people get hired throughout their career for their expertise and their hard skills, their technical skills, their success ultimately lies in the development or lack of development in the soft skills they possess. Effective leaders I've worked with, in my experience, they know there is plenty of wisdom which lies within others, and they have to be effective in extracting it for the success of the company. People perform better when they feel listened to and their ideas get implemented. Let's talk about eight very important components that go into the development of interpersonal skills. The one master skill, and I've written extensively about this, but the number one master skill of a CEO or any C-level executive is going to be self-awareness. Knowing yourself extremely well, knowing your thought patterns, your habits, knowing your behaviors, knowing your purpose, knowing your motivations, understanding your acumen and your top skill sets. This is all self-awareness. 
having a very strong, clear picture of yourself in all these areas. Another strong component for interpersonal skills is the ability to demonstrate sincere interest in other people. I've often said, be interested, don't try to be interesting. So many people walk into a room and they want to meet folk and they want to be interesting. They think if they're interesting, people will be drawn to them. What draws people to you is your interest in them. And that needs to be done in a sincere fashion. People can spot a fake a mile away. I've seen people walk into a room and they're engaged in a conversation with someone. And simultaneously, they're looking over that person's shoulder to see who else in the room they need to connect with. And people notice that it makes them feel terrible. They want you just to get away from them and move on to the next person you want to manipulate. So demonstrating a sincere interest in others. Another strong component wrapped inside interpersonal skills is being able to treat all people, all people with respect, courtesy, and consideration. Another important component is being able to respect the differences in the motivations and attitudes and perspectives of others. I don't know how many times I've said, and I will keep saying it as long as I have this podcast, and as long as I do coaching for a living, I will continue to hammer home the fact that not all people are motivated by money. Certainly it's on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Certainly it's something that we all need in order to function, to purchase goods and services, but not all people are keeping a scorecard of how much money they're making and they're not basing their success on that. Some people do, and that's okay also. No judgment here. I try to stay out of the right-wrong paradigm, and I try to stay out of the pass-fail paradigm, and I try to stay out of the good and bad paradigm. There's nothing right or wrong about wanting more money or wanting less money. There's nothing good or bad about it. There's nothing that will cause you to pass or fail because of it. Just some people are more driven by the aspect of making more money, which they consider a scorecard on how successful they are. And that's fine. And other people do not. And finding that out about people and navigating that successfully is a big part of interpersonal skills. Another one is communicating effectively. You'll remember there are three very important components to communication. There's sending, which is speaking. There is receiving, which is listening. And there's also authenticating, which is making sure you have clarity and understanding about what has been communicated, either you speaking or you listening. That's effective communication where the message is sent, received, and understood. Another component of interpersonal skills is being sensitive to diversity. Kind of already covered this, but in matters of background, in matters of race, in matters of cultural upbringing, People who are brought up and raised in different parts of the world just see life differently. They behave differently. Different things mean different things to them. And if you're interested, they would be more than happy to share that with you. And you should be respectful and sensitive to the things they say. One of the things I've really been proud of over my career is I don't really have a lot of trouble getting along with everyone. 
I think it's interesting, the different backgrounds of people and all of that. And again, you got to stay out of the judgment realm of judging a person, just value them. And then last component I'll share with you about interpersonal skills is that a person has to develop and maintain relationships with many different kinds of people, regardless of those differences. You have to respect it for what it is, take it into consideration and integrate it into your relationship. Here's one thing I really want to get across today about interpersonal skills, and it's a key question. Do you want to increase your effectiveness as a leader? And if you do, think of it this way. If our skill set of listening and understanding others is weak, how in the world can we interpret them and respond accordingly? And also related to this point, interpersonal skills also involve asking good questions. And this can be definitely a lost art sometimes. Not only does this help clarify information and communication, it's also a great conversation starter. When you ask questions, you become interested you're not trying to be interesting. You're showing interest in the other person. And you also show a penchant for problem solving and looking for answers rather than having all the answers yourself. Asking good questions helps pull out the wisdom from other people. And we used to do a better job teaching manners to our kids at an early age. We all assume a person is less intelligent and not as competent when they have subpar manners. This same judgment is a reflection of you when you behave in this way. Having a well-developed repertoire of interpersonal skills is going to allow you to handle situations more effectively and advance up the ladder at a more rapid pace. So here's what I would challenge you with on interpersonal skills at the end of this particular section of our show. I would say work on balancing asking and telling. And I've often said managers tell and leaders ask. Keep a journal or a log on yourself of the number of times you ask and the number of times you tell. You should know now that telling is always easier and it's probably more prevalent than asking. So the objective here is to try to get a handle on your current state and work to achieve more balance. And this is definitely going to be the biggest way that you can develop your interpersonal skills. Hang on. I'll be right back. I'm going to talk to you about a deep business challenge and COVID has definitely enhanced this challenge. And that is customer migration. And I'll tackle that subject next on better than before. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. And a dog, a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome 
Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Master Coach Tony Richards. And in this part of the show, I want to talk to you about a serious business challenge. You know, Peter Drucker famously said that the purpose of every business is to create and keep a customer. So then a critical question that CEOs must address throughout the life of their company is, how do I lock my customers into using my products or services and how do I keep them from going somewhere else? And I'll tell you who, and I'm a shareholder of this company. I'll tell you this, I believe in it. And I own my shares to keep. I don't own them to sell or try to make a profit. But Apple is a company that has done this just spectacularly. Apple, who used to be famous, their brand used to be famous for innovative products. And they still have some from time to time but they used to come out with these innovative products every two or three years, the iPod, the iPhone, the iPad, the iMac, and so on and so forth, the Apple Watch. And now they've become more of a services company because so many people own their products. They're in what they call the Apple ecosystem. And so that's how they are using the strategy of trying to retain customers is you get in their system and you don't want out. You want to stay in there because you're an Apple person through and through. You got the phone, you got the pad, you got the laptop and you use iTunes and you use Apple TV and all of those things. And so this is what's called a strategic control element in a company's profit design. I want to share with you three concepts that can hold a company's customers to them and keep the competition from knocking them out of their products or services. And it gives you a competitive advantage. And it also tells you what your average customer is worth in time and dollars. So the first concept I'll share with you is the customer magnet. And this is measuring the strength of the quality of the product or service that magnetizes the customer to continually come back to the company time and time again. Saying that a product or service delivers quality is no longer a differentiator. Everybody expects your product or service to be of good quality. So saying we're the best or saying that we have the best or that we have high quality, even saying this drives me crazy, but even saying we have integrity. Some of you who are listening today are way too young to remember this. But when I was growing up, cars used to have options. There were things that came on a car standard and there were optionals, right? And so it used to be that cars came standard with a roll up and down window. There was a crank on the side of the door that rolled the window up and down. Or if you really wanted to be high quality and uptown, you got the optional power window where you flip the button up and down and the window went up and down on its own. Well, now power windows are standard. They're not options. They just come on a car. There's no cranking windows anymore. They're all power windows in every vehicle. And that's kind of the way people expect your product or service to come to them. They expect it to be quality. They expect it to be the best. And they expect you to have integrity. That's not a, we're different from our competitors feature or benefit at all anymore. So the proof has to be in the support and the guarantee that you're going to stand by when a customer complains and you're going to make it right. It has to be the experience. We live in an experience economy. The experience a customer has 
when things maybe aren't going as well as they thought they would. According to the consulting firm Bain and Company, in a recent Harvard management update, 60 to 70% of customers will do business with a company again if it deals with a customer service issue fairly, even if the result is not in their favor, even if it doesn't go their way. But if the customer service issue was done fairly, they're back. Another concept is barrier to entry. Earlier in the program, I was talking about the Forbes richest people in America, and I was talking about Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett is the person who came up with the term the moat. So in medieval times, in a castle, it had a deep and wide trench dug around the castle and filled with water and maybe even alligators or whatever, but it was designed to keep the oncoming competitor or enemy away from the castle walls. And that's why they had a drawbridge. You know, they had a bridge with chains on each side and they would lower and raise the bridge to let people in and out of the castle so they could cross the moat. Well, the moat was a barrier to entering the castle and the barrier to entry in business today is what we measure the strength of the specific unique attribute or advantage or brand that the company has and delivers to its customer that cannot be immediately duplicated by the competition. And it's harder and harder to get the barrier to entry or the moat constructed today because of technology. But every company needs to understand what their barrier to entry is and fight to make sure they don't get complacent in constantly refreshing and updating that competitive edge they have and that moat that they have. And then the third concept is the lifetime value of the customer. And by calculating the lifetime value of a customer as the CEO or leader or business owner, you can have a better understanding of how long the average customer will continue to be a customer with you and the total amount of revenue that that average customer represents. So let's work through that. Take the average dollar amount a customer spends with you over 12 months, and then also determine how long you expect to keep that customer in months or years. So for example, if a customer on average spends $10,200 a year with you, and you expect that customer to be with you for three years, then the lifetime value of that customer is $30,600. So this example is a customer spending 850 bucks a month, right? And in the overall picture of business, it may not seem like a very large customer, but when you calculate the lifetime value of the customer and see that they spend over $30,000 with you in three years, if it was 10 years, it'd be over $100,000. Your perspective kind of shifts and you pay more attention to making sure clients like this are taken care of. And a lot of times when I'm working with companies, most every time I talk about, we need to measure and look at some critical numbers. And the focus of these critical numbers are to keep the company's resources focused on nurturing that, whatever it is for that number to be what it should be. And here, the critical number is lifetime value of a customer. And so you need to identify marketing resources that you need to stay top of mind for not only the customers you're trying to attract, but the customers you already have, because the customers you already have are going to contribute to the LTV, the lifetime value of the customer and provide you critical performance benchmarks. So you can stay on top of improving productivity and profitability. 
So here's some key questions that I would ask a CEO in regards to customer migration. Is there a customer intelligence plan so that we can stay on top and stay ahead of what your customers expect and need from you? Does the company understand its customer's customer? Is customer service a part of your performance plan? And last question, do you reward employees for exceptional customer service? And do you have a way to measure that so you know how well your customer service is being delivered? And the only person that can tell that, of course, is the customer. Everybody in your company will probably tell you that, that you have great customer service. But what do your customers say? Let me give you just a couple of other questions around customer service issues, right? Number one, a satisfied customer calls in and says how much they enjoy working with your company. What happens to that call? Number two, a customer calls in with a challenging question. How does that get answered? Number three, a customer calls in and doesn't know who they need to talk to. How will they be connected with the right person? Number four, a customer walks in angry or upset. What do you do next or what happens next? Number five, a customer calls in and is abusive. How does that get handled? So in these five scenarios that I've laid out for you with customers, Identify the role each employee has in managing customer expectations and a level of customer rapport training to weekly or monthly get together and talk about what happened, how it was handled, and what the end result was. Then how do you communicate that throughout your entire organization? And I would highly recommend that you add customer satisfaction indicators, some way to measure that in your performance reviews for your employees. Does that make sense? So just a little information on customer migration, how to handle customers, how to think about how to handle customers and how to organize and put together something that will make your company better at handling customers. Well, that's our show today. Better Than Before is brought to you by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Special thanks, as always, to my producer, Tessa Hall, who always does a great job of putting all this together and making me sound great. You can follow me on Twitter, where I am most active, at Tony Richards 4. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Tony Richards 4. And you can also come over to my Facebook page, Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach, smash the like button, and you can join our Facebook community where I post three, four times a day. Until we visit again next week, I want to remind you, I tell you every week, and I want you to take it to heart, everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.